हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशंस विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब ओके सो लेट्स सी and it's khosla khosla yes yeah so today i have with me mansi khosla mansi this journey began at the age of 4 in nairobi kenya where she started learning bharatnatyam under the tutelage of kamini thakkar she completed her training in arangate from in 1997 in 1998 mansi thi became a student of pali ji uh, in kathak company uh, In 1998, Mansi Thi became a student of uh, Guru Pali Chandra in in London. Uh, her journey is still continuing today, not just through her dance and relationships, but also through her three blessings, her daughters who are who are now part of this beautiful legacy. Mansi Thi, how are you? Good. How are you? Pretty good. At uh, this point, I'd like to, of course, thank Valji for connecting us. And just to start off with, Mansi Thi, what does being a dancer mean to you? So, I mean. the traditional answer would be somebody who performs somebody who just learns dance to me a dancer is not just restricted to that a dancer is it's very holistic you you are not just a performer you're not just a student you're not just a teacher you're also a choreographer you're a artistic director you have um you're a yeah i mean i think it's it's a very holistic it's not just that you're not just a performer you're not just a um there's a lot of elements that come together to make you a dancer and you don't have to be on the stage to be a dancer you can be working behind the scenes as long as you're connected to dance you're like i said earlier like if you're a choreographer or you're a director or you even if you're just sitting in the lighting box you're connected to the dance because the way you're throwing the lights on the stage is enhancing the dance you have to have knowledge of the of the dance itself so i don't think that i think as a dancer you have to be all these um to be a complete dancer you know everybody's still on their own journey everybody takes their time to get onto that journey um knowledge of what you're doing you know pali ji always says to us be an intelligent dancer so do a lot of research you know know your uh your craft very very well that you can be put in any situation in any environment and you're still able to create or be connected to your dance hmm. understood and i guess yeah first of all thanks for giving that all round picture that gives us a lot of things to dig into um and i guess the next thing i want to talk about is dance as an expression of yourself like so for you when you dance uh, how does that bring about different parts of you or how you express yourself see with dance i you when you're in that space of creativity you mm-hmm. are well at least for me personally you mm-hmm. i'm not at all inhibited i have no um curtain or veil covering who i am right so when i'm doing it you you see you bring in a lot of your own personal experiences and i speak mm-hmm. about this in terms of abhinay because for me that is where my i love abhinay and i i i find it gives me um a lot of scope for creativity because you get to bring in a lot of your own personal uh experiences you get to also get bring other people's experiences in so you you're able to present to the world you know like sometimes you do certain pieces which have absolutely nothing to do with you as a person because but you're you're telling somebody's story and when you're doing that you're presenting it's almost like a like a um like a documentary on stage okay very real and you're you know for me as for as a dancer to express I'm sorry it's in my brain my everything is just going really fast right now. Oh no, go for um, it. That is an expression your question was sorry dance as an expression or extension of me. The second one I guess yeah. The, the how like expression is an extension of me. Absolutely yeah. like I said it's it comes all from your own personal experience and I think what you present on stage what you teach um comes from your experience. Hmm. Having said that I when I am doing certain performances certain abhinay performances right. I don't actually have elements of myself in it I've right. taken on a character that I'm 
presenting. Okay. And okay. I think maybe there's, to be very honest in my whole dance life, there's probably maybe been one, maybe two pieces which have had me in it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's always a character, an energy that you're you're presenting. It's it's not always me. Okay. But I understand uh, the nature of the character that I'm presenting, and so I I personalize that. Okay, gotcha. So you said uh, okay. I guess the next thing I want to ask you from there is you said that you feel your when you express yourself, you're uninhibited. and you can do that freely so i guess as a beginner student manchi the how long does it take to get there because like uh, I, right now i i feel like i'm trying to get my rhythm right and my hastak in the right corner and stuff i don't feel like i can express myself i know it will get there but i just want to understand generally how long does it take for someone to be able to express themselves to dance specifically say kathak which is kind of you know which has a structured form and stuff like that there's never a time there's not a set time i mean mm. for, for me it came very easy mm-hmm. so i was doing it i mean i was like i have a video of me at 7 years or 8 years old on stage and like doing like overly exaggerated expressions right um, i just never had that inhibition because i started also performing at the age of 5 so exactly. you don't have any inhibition as a child hmm. as you get older and you start performing at an older age you you right. get certain inhibitions because how are people going to look at me if right. i do this and people going to think that that's actually what i'm like mm-hmm. you know uh, if you whatever piece it is you 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 your other people's opinions start making a little bit of a difference to your performance right. um, i still know dancers who are senior dancers you know who i've seen and i worked with who still have inhibitions because they start a at a later stage or just their journey itself has not been one that has given them the space mm-hmm. to be able to be free my dance whether it was in nairobi doing bharatnatyam or you know i've always been or even doing kathak with paliji i've never had i've never been restricted in expressing myself so i think you you just have to work on you know my my biggest advice is just people watch okay when you watch how people interact with each other you still you know you start realizing that when somebody's not aware of you paying attention to them they're so natural in what they're doing mm-hmm. that you can actually you 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 realize how uninhibited they are because they don't think anybody's watching them okay so they express themselves even more freely so i think just don't let people's um opinions i mean you have your guru you have your mentor you have people uh-huh. who have positive uh influence and po- positive feedback for you yes take them into you know consideration and what they say to you but there's always going to be a little bit of noise right so don't really take that to heart and mm. you know don't i don't think there's ever any wrong expression okay human you never have a wrong expression obviously if you're showing something in anger and you're showing love it doesn't work there but right, i right. think you're showing like an ishringar piece and it's to do with you know different stages of love i think it's just depends a on your experience mm-hmm. and just you know on your people around you so don't there's never it's never wrong somebody mm. can be really intense and deep because that's been their exp- experience okay. somebody could be superficial and because that's been their experience so okay you're never wrong you never you can never give a wrong expression if you've understood the style of the piece okay what what's the style the the emotion or the, the mood emotion. of the piece like it could be shringar but it could be playful and childish or it could be mature and deep so you just have to understand the nature of what you're showing Mm. what the emotion of the um what the dance evokes in you so as long as you understand that then you mm-hmm. you you don't really go wrong with your um abhinay understood and so from that note um Manchit, in your opinion, what can teachers or people who are mentoring other dancers do to make their students feel less inhibited and help them express more freely? Is there is there are, are there anything you recommend in terms of creating that environment or the kind of guidance that should be given to them? You know, um, I can only speak from my own personal experience. I've been given a free platform to do to express as much as I want, and the more you do it, the better you are at it. Of course, it's. So I think for teachers for other students teaching other students I work with a lot of students in their abhinay piece I try and personalize their uh the situation and you know and I have a you know I always see the story that 
when I was started dancing with Paliji and she was teaching me a piece and I was like, I don't know how to express this. I've never experienced this situation of, you know, being um, betrayed by my, my lover, like right. betrayed, you know, I said, I've never experienced that. I was only 18 years old. And oh. so I said, how do I make it real? Mm-hmm. And she said, how do I make that look real on in the performance without it becoming too practice? And um, she told me, she said, Mansi, I'm going to tell you a story that my guru, Kapila Rajji, uh, had told me when I was working with her and doing Abhinay with her. Mm-hmm. She said, please find a situation that you have experienced or a similar situation that has made you feel that sense of betrayal. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be that you have worked so hard in doing something and uh, you were convinced that you deserve this award, you know, whether it's in mm-hmm. school or... And suddenly somebody else takes it and that sense of loss, that sense of betrayal, because you worked so hard for it and you were almost guaranteed this accolade and it's not given to you, that sense of betrayal, how you felt in that moment, use that. You've not experienced this, but find a similar situation in your experience that you can use to express that. So I think it's just experience. I think it comes down to just give them the space to create Hmm. don't keep telling them that no i don't think you should do this or try it this way just don't hold their hand let them just throw them in the deep end and they'll figure it out it's sink or swim right so you will have no choice but to figure out how to uh express yourself if you want to you know progress to the next stage and so i just i think freedom to just be able to express yourself to be very honest i don't think there's any way of teaching abhine it's not, it's not, it's not, I look at it from the perspective of, it's like English literature, there's never right or wrong, it's just personal, it's very subject, it's very subjective, whereas mm. technique and all that is very like maths, there's, there's a formula to it, there's, it's right or it's wrong, there's no, mm-hmm. let me just play around with this, maybe it might work, it's, mm-hmm. you don't have that freedom in the technique part, that's like mathematics, it's formula, this, it's right or wrong. Whereas with Abhinay and, you know, this is more like uh, arty and literature where there's free flow and it's subjective and it's all comes down to your own personal um, choice. Yes. I've definitely had some English teachers who felt much more objective than they should be. That brings back some <laughs> memories. I was definitely <laughs> felt like I was wrong a lot in that sense. But Mahasiri, um, I guess... What I wanted to ask you, since you're talking about creation, I wanted to know what your creation, the process, how do you, how you create things or what your choreographic investigation is? How do you start from the idea? How do you make it into movement on stage? What does that process look like for you when you create something? It's a total mess. <laughs> I'll be very honest with you. Okay. Never, it's never the same formula ever. Okay. Um, it depends on firstly the subject uh, mm-hmm. that I'm working on. If it's something that is personal to me or I know you have a lot more ideas of what you want to do mm-hmm. when it's a subject that has been given to you mm-hmm. then I do a lot of research about it like what does it entail like I, I I like to know the story that I'm telling okay and when you know and you and I will strip it down and I will read it and I will research it and I will ask questions and I will watch things and I'll you know, speak to, uh, I'll speak to Paliji, like she's literally my first, uh, what do you think of this? Or, um, and I will script out an idea of how I wanted to, this is even before I've started like dancing. This is, I've scripted out a basic plan of what I want to do in each section of the music. Like in, if it's a piano, like piano section, I want to show it in this because this is how I feel in this. you, You figure out the style of what you want to do. And then it's just constantly listening, 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 and movements just, especially if you have a story, you kind of know what you want to show. So you have certain basic movements that do fit that choreography, but then you just keep on going back to it and going back to it and you just change it. There have been times when I've literally had like a week and it has to be done on stage. So in that time, it's obviously the, you want it to be the best, but you know, some, but sometimes also when you don't have time to think, your creativity is just, because you, it's like you're on a, adrenaline is you know pumping through the veins. So it depends on the time that you have. It depends on what the subject you're doing. It depends on how that subject makes you feel. 
as a um, if it's personal to you or if it's just a subject. Right. Um, so there's never really a form, but I do do things like you know I I will be sitting somewhere and you know inspiration will just strike you and I just mm-hmm. write down my concept of what I like of a story. Mm-hmm. And I was telling you this earlier that I have a book that I put all my well now it's become the laptop, but you know I put like my my ideas of what I want to of a story mm-hmm. um, that's not been said or a story that I've not seen myself personally. Mm-hmm. It could have been done. Um, but just something that I've not seen or 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 danced to because for me also for Abhinay, it you always try and up your game because you you want to challenge yourself if you're doing the same type of stuff over and over again you okay. kind of stagnant you know? hmm. and with technique as well it's not just based on Abhinay. if you're just doing okay. the same over and over again it becomes boring for you as well as dancing you kind of you know stamp down your creativity even hmm. creating technique. So um yeah just there's no formula okay. to it this is what you hmm. feel at the time yes there's no formula but kind of gives me an idea of how you think one thing you said which kind of struck me is you said upping your game in abhinay so i kind of understand what upping your game in technique me would mean to an extent where you're doing say you're kind of going on a faster layer or you're or you're doing it for longer periods of time so when you progress in abhinay you're doing when you say upping your game what does that look what is the progress or what does the next level look like in abhinay again it's not abhinay is like i said it's very subjective and it's mm-hmm. specific so for me personally i yes. would like to do things that i haven't done before okay you know i'll give you an example that <laughs> a few years ago i i had um, taken some time off performing on stage my kids my older two were very young mm-hmm. and i just i didn't have the energy or the time to be able to meet the rehearsal so i had taken a sabbatical when i went back on stage i came back quite terrified because i didn't know where i was in terms of dance mm-hmm. um so i i chose the easy option of doing something that i had done so many times before okay um because a lot of people watching me hadn't seen that right right in particular so i did them and when i remember when i finished my my mom said to me uh yeah it was good but i think this time do something a little different you've been doing mm. this for quite a while okay and, and especially for my mom because she's been watching me my whole life and so she mm. knows what my dance progress has been what my abhinay progress has been so for her to say that i was like okay okay let me try and come up with and up until that point a lot of my pieces had been very shringaric very um you know radha krishna or just any couple it was never beyond that or it was mm. just always at this level of you know of uh, uh, of romance it never got taken to a more deeper level or a okay. more um intense level or intimate mm. level like it was never, it was always very oh ho ho you know throw a flower at him ha 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 like very not childish but also not very mature. um and then i came up like i i started i did a piece which was on sufi so it was it, it was not sufi in love with the divine it's seeing the divine in your love okay so sufi is 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 having the love for the divine mm-hmm. what we did was uh the piece that we had worked on pali ji and i was finding the divine in your love Hmm. Like the Tujimera Bikta hai type of. Acha, okay. So that was something that I hadn't done before, and so hmm. you know that. Then I did something, you know, Abhinay with, with like the last one I did was, which I said was very personal to me, was my story. Like you know, as a mom, I had my kids be part of the, uh, you know, AV. I put them into my, you know, so just changing things and challenging yourself to express things that you have not done before. it's not mm-hmm. up in your game that it goes up in levels it could just be across the terrain okay. but it's just different to what you have done before and that's mm-hmm. the challenge doing something that you've never done before how would how would you express that how would you take this on like how would you show this and the thing with abhinay it's very tricky because you can also just sit there and show your face and express just through your eyes and you have a few minor movements here and there mm-hmm. you know you can, you can do it sitting down and express everything sitting down so the challenge is is being able to channel that energy like i said of the character and how would you you know personalize it to yourself so especially if you've not experienced something like that before so it's that's what i mean by upping the game just challenging yourself in 
doing things that are not the norm. And we have the luxury, the beauty of Kathak is that you are not tied to a specific story. Hmm. You can do anything. It can be any story. It doesn't have to be religious based or based on religious characters or mythological characters. It can be about you. It can be about anybody or anything. So you have this open forum to just, you know, and there's no limit to where you stop. You can just keep on going and going and going. Okay, so the progress is based on what you have done, what you are, know you're capable on, uh, of, and then what the next level is. Yeah. Um, and since you mentioned uh, your daughters, I think going off of that, my next question comes from Baliji directly. And uh, just because she'd given us a list of questions to go off of. And I guess the question that comes to mind from here is, she asks, what is your perspective as a dancer who was also a mother of dancers? Would love to know your thoughts on that. You know, the thing is, is that you cannot, at least for me, when I'm a dancer, I'm a dancer. Mm -hmm. And when I'm a mother, I'm a mother. So like when I'm in the studio and I'm there as Mansi, the dancer, okay. my kids be in the studio as well, but I will not be baby, are you okay? Or can I do this for you? I'll oh. be focused on my dance because that's what I, because you, you can't let that as distracting as my girls are to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and I, I get very distracted. Like when I see them dancing, I just literally forget that I'm dancing and I'm just melting because my babies are, you know, of course. There. But as they get older and I'm in that space and I'm in that creative space, I'm not a mom. Like, in fact, just recently I, we'd done a workshop with Baliji in the summer yeah. And uh, my eldest one had come for the workshop. Hmm. And it was the first time she saw me as a dancer in, in, a, in, a, the, in Gurukul, in the creative space. I she see. hadn't seen, she'd only seen me on stage. Okay. So she'd never seen me in that process of dance. Mm -hmm. And before that, like, you know, when I'd be like, listen, come, you know, when they have their ISTD um, exams coming up, I'd be like, listen, let's go through it. I'll help you correct your movements. And she'd be like, no, mommy, no, no, you know, it's okay. I, I know what I'm doing. Like she, she, she would oh. never want to take my um, help. Like all kids, you never think your parent is the best or the coolest. You always think somebody else is, you know, and she does look up to a lot of the other dancers in, you know, which is, they're all amazing dancers. So I don't have any. Right. Um, but then when she saw me in that space and she saw the, uh, the way I dance and she saw the responsibility I have being given to me to hmm. and the way I was the the respect I was also being given as a dancer mm -hmm. she saw that it kind of changed her attitude towards me oh so she came and she said mommy please can you uh help me with this you know or can you can we practice these movements because Baliji said that we're going to have a workshop when she comes back and I need to know what I'm doing and I can't do it. So right. that sense of, that sense of awareness for hope that I'm not just your mother I'm also a dancer came in um so how did me, you like, feel i felt great i was like yes finally like after you know 10 years of me saying <laughs> dance dance i'm a dancer i'm a dancer uh -huh. I, I love it I, but also as a mother of a dance a mother of dancers i i have to you you have to be very i'm very cognizant of the fact that my kids may not want to be dancers the way i feel the way i am they may not mm. love dance the way i love dance and I'm absolutely okay with that. I, I want them to have a passion of their own. Because they're still young, I've put them on this journey. Um, when they're old enough, I mean, they, they do love it. They love, they are my kids at the end of the day. They do love being on stage. Mm. They love the whole, you know, performance element of it. Uh, they're still young, so the hard work part is coming into them. Mm -hmm. But I, I find it very difficult to be a dancer and to be a mother at the same time. Mm -hmm. when I'm in that creative space so I don't when I come in this the, the studio to the school mm -hmm. with my children I come in as their mom I don't come in as a dancer and I leave them with I don't even go to the studio anymore because there was a time when I would come in and you know like my poster would be there or you know my girls would be like oh that's my mommy I didn't want them to have that thing of oh that's my mom because dance is something where as much as you want to push your child forward they're work their hard work and their ability and their talent is going to have to speak for themselves i can't do it for them 
So I don't want to give them a, uh, like, of course, they get access to a lot of things that a lot of the other dancers may not get access to because of me. But at the core part of when they're learning to dance, I don't go into the studio or even speak to the teachers about, Mm. you know, I trust their teachers fully. I respect them completely and I just let it be. So I, I find it difficult to be a dancer and a mother simultaneously. Um, I can only be one or the other at one given time. Yeah, that does sound like a tricky one, Pranjiti. And while we're talking about motherhood, so since you talked about, you know, having like coming by, like taking some time off while you were, uh, you know, you had your responsibilities. I was just curious about that. So when you had that gap in your uh, dance journey, were you, did you keep up with dance in, in some ways? And when you came back, yeah. what was that like for you? So I, I, when I took the sabbatical, I took it off performing. Hmm. So I was saying, oh. complete dancer, I took the sabbatical from dancing on stage. Oh, performing. okay. I was still very connected to dance. I was still working on choreographies. I was still doing direction mm-hmm. for you know, performances. I would be in the lighting box because this is what I was saying to you, that you learn... Okay. And, and I, this is actually a huge part of my learning because I knew how to do all that, all those things. I just hadn't done it enough to be confident in it. Okay. Um, so when I took this, I didn't want to be disconnected. And I have okay. to also you know, pay full, uh, you know, a lot of respect and love to Paliji in this, this place because she mm. did not let me disappear, mm. if that makes sense. She always kept me... Because also as a mom and as a, as a young mom and my kids were very young, I, you know, you get pulled into a different direction and she'd be like every, you know, other day, uh, listen, there's this thing. Are you going to do it? I'd be like, and I'd always find an excuse to not do it because I was busy. And then it got to a point where I got scared. Yeah. Because I was like, what if I can't do it anymore? Because, you know, your physique has changed after having children. Your attitude changes, your experience changes. Um, and then also the dancers you were dancing with, you've stepped off at a certain state point and they've gone past that point now, even though they were your juniors, they've gone past that point. So you're, you don't know where you stand as a dancer, as as a performer. Let let me make that clear. As a performer, you don't know where Mm. you stand. So I started working on these skills of like, you know, choreography and, um, directing, Mm. lighting, scripting, you know, costume designing, uh, I got involved in in all of that, okay. um, conceptualizing stories, which you know eventually would get like I'd pitch a story to Paliji, and she would be like, "Okay, make it bigger, make it broader, you know, add more things to it. Don't just keep it like you know." So you know, so that was a huge training for me that I I learned how to um, create something not just on a small scale, but you know, think big, have more elements added to it. You can you can add more uh, um, you know students to it or more dances to it or more storylines that branch off it okay so I worked on things like that so I my sabbatical was not on just from dance I was always okay. connected to dance. Um, I don't think I can ever leave dance like that but I was not performing okay and was it easy for you to not be on stage or was that since you're doing so many other things it just came naturally to you what was that process like torture to not be on stage it Mm. was torture if I was sitting in the lighting box or if I was sitting in the audience I'd literally be going like I should be there Mm -hmm. so you want to be there but that jump that you have to take you you just feel like that chasm is so big that you can't make that jump in fact my mom would say to me like she would watch and she'd look at me and she'd go you need to be there because she could see like my knee was and even like Paliji, like my, they could see that this need that I had to be on stage, but I just couldn't bring myself to get there. Understood. And what was it like the first time you came back on stage after four years, that, that first performance and all that? that that's the one I was saying that when I yeah. did it and my mom said to me, yeah. that, mm, I think you need to do something a little different next time. Yeah. Uh, I, it's interesting because I did it and I got a lot of um, positive feedback from so many people. Right. Oh, we finally man see you back on stage. We see mm. that, you know, and, but I did not feel good about that at all okay. because I know how um, basic that was for me mm. based on what I have done in the past. And even, you know, and even Paliji came and said, she's like, you know, it was good. It was good for you to come back like that, but we need to step it up next time. Mm. And, you know, so I, ne- but before even my mom or Paliji mentioned this to me, I felt 
not good about that performance, even though I got a lot of positive feedback. For me personally, it was not a great, but you know what? It was like ripping the bandage off. Hmm. The moment that happened, I was, okay, I've done it. Mm-hmm. It went fine. Okay. And better next time. And so you, you slowly start overcoming your fear. And it still took me time. It's not like the fear disappeared after one performance. Right. A long time for the fear to just not be there. And I'm now at a stage where I don't have any fear. Like I'm not, I'm not in the sense that I will perform and do anything. I'm not worried about how I will look mm-hmm. to, you know, I, I will do, I'm doing it because I, I realize that I'm here because I love to do it. I'm not here because it's my profession. I'm not doing it because I earn money from it. I'm not, mm. I just love it so much that I don't, you know, there's nowhere else I want to be. And so the fear disappears because you realize that, what else is like, this is what you want to do. Hmm. This is what you want to do. And since you mentioned, uh, since for that performance, you mentioned a couple of people, that brings me my next question, Mansidi. You talked about Palji, you talked about Imam, you talked about Gurukul. So wanted to know about the importance of a dancer having a support system. Because when we look at performers, we look at them as individuals. And again, question comes from Paliji. Uh, what is the importance of a support system around a dancer? And what does that look like for you? It's, it's huge. I think if you don't have a good support system around you, your creativity, your it kind of everything just becomes a lot less. I, I've been touch with so blessed. I was born into a family where not a single member of my family ever didn't support me. In fact, I used to go for these dance competitions uh-huh. and they wouldn't give you a time. They'd say it's from like 10 in the morning till four in the afternoon. And your, t- your chance will come at any point. And it's not just my parents who would come and watch me. Oh. My brother would be there, my uncle and aunt, my cousins, my grandparents. So 10 people wow. would be there sitting from four, 10 o'clock in the morning till 4 o'clock in the afternoon to watch me do a two-minute performance. Wow. And I, I, I just always took it for granted. It was never, mm. you know, even when we have dance shows, um, my mom, I would always see my mom in every single show. I would always see my mom if she was not mm. watching it. She's just come to pick me up. I'd right. see her stand in the back. But I would see my entire family would be there and they would have no interest in what anybody else is doing. The only thing is that that I'm they just watch me and you know that was it. Like they wouldn't like especially my grandparents, my grandmother would be like, I didn't really see anybody else. I was just watching, you know, you the whole time. And so oh, I've had that and then I I've been lucky enough to be married into a family where it's exactly the same. At no point have my in-laws or my husband ever restricted my dance you know in fact I remember the first time I danced after I got married my in-laws had come to watch it and yeah. my partner got so emotional because he's like I'm so happy that you've not just gotten married and let go of this like most people do I'm uh-huh. so glad you're still doing it okay. you know so I've always had that you know and I remember the first dancing divas we did I had 40 members of my family in the audience like my in-laws my in-law side and my family side, like my side and my in-law, like my and my husband side. Everybody, my nieces, everybody was sitting and watching me dance. So I've always had like such a huge support system that honestly, if I didn't have them, I don't know if I would be, if I would have this, you know, creativity or I would have this love or this, you know, dedication to. Um, dance and in fact I've had people come and say to me that you know you're so lucky that touch with that you know your husband doesn't say no 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 you have to you know this house or the child or never like I just went to Switzerland I told you I went for a week and I said to my husband I want to go for a week to be with Paliji and just work on you know the projects that we're working on and he was like yeah great go like at no point was he like no but what about the kids or what about the school or you know he's like it's fine I've got it go nice so that that support that you get from yeah. your, your partner or your your parents and you know your your in law anybody it makes okay. a huge difference to not have that that weight on you or that feeling that I'm doing something mm-hmm. I love but it's upsetting the balance on this side. I've mm-hmm. never been made to feel that way. And so I, you know, if you're lucky enough to have that, don't take it for granted because it's 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 very sad when you don't have it. Hmm. Yes, um, you talk about when you don't have it. Uh, that reminds me of an episode I did with this dancer from Pakistan. Her name is Bina Jawaji. She's a, she's only in her 70s. Uh, so she ended up 
going directly to the teaching route because she could never become a performer because it was Pakistan and all that. And that's why it does come up time and again, where when you have a support system and you don't, your life trajectory almost changes that way. Um, yeah. And since you talked about performances, Mansi um, that brings me to my next question, which I've also got from Palji and I've used it on a lot of interviews and I thank her for it. But uh, I guess I would like to know what has been your most memorable performance and if you have any anecdotes to share from there. Um, my most memorable, I mean, I like to believe all my performances to be a big memorable, but ones that stand out to me, yeah, me personally, one was uh-huh. um, the first uh, dancing divas we did in Gurukul. What is the dancing diva? So dancing, the, so Gurukul does an annual um, dance show for parents to see the children's progress and what they've done. Okay. okay. So then okay. see that, you know, especially if your child has come in the, the foundation stage and you see the senior dancers to see what they can get to just to show them so when the first one happened i was the i was the senior most dancer and i think after me the next person in in experience was maybe like 15 years even you know 15 to 18 years behind me in terms of performance Hmm. um and so i was in most of the dances i was you know in them and had a medical issue and i literally was pretty much at a stage where I was like ready to collapse. Like I was so in so much pain. I just couldn't, you know, do it. And I was like, my husband came and he was like, listen, if you can't do it, don't do it. I said, no, I've worked so hard for this. I, and it had been a long time that I hadn't been on stage because of right. to, after studying, moving to Nairobi, moving to the bar, there was a bit of a gap. Right. In, and Paliji is just looking at me like, she's not going to say anything. And I, I still like between each, you know, wave of pain that would be coming, I'd be like doing my eye makeup or I would be getting, doing my hair. And mm-hmm. literally I'm backstage, I'm putting Alta on and I still don't know if I'm going to go on stage. And I was doing, and I know that that before that show had, I was in eight dances and I was leading most of them. So I, you know, that responsibility of, and I went and I did the first dance and the pain just disappeared. And I did the entire thing as if nothing was wrong with me and um i think anecdote i think a lot of the younger students kind of realize that when you love something so much nothing Mm -hmm. is going to stop you from doing it Uh, when you've worked hard to do something you're not going to be like you're not going to give up so basically you know you are going to get moments where you can't do something injuries will come don't let it dishearten you don't let it be you know it's just it's life it happens Hmm. pick yourself up and just you know go on and the other one that really stands out for me is um the one i did uh where i did the dance with my for my children i might i had just given birth to my youngest child she was four months old and i performed and i did uh my the choreography was so the theme of the show was a story and my story was basically how i was I had taken time off stage for my kids mm. and that was my choice. And, you know, I need to make this very clear that I was never asked by anybody to take that time off. It was more than their need to have me. It was my need to be with them. That's right. And, uh, I, so this, it was the story about that. And actually for me to come back, it was not just, you know, Paliji or my mom telling me, come, come. My husband was a huge part of getting me and my girls were a huge part of getting me back onto the mm. stage. I didn't want them to see me as, somebody who had been a dancer mm. or a performing artist and had stopped because of, I didn't want them to have that burden that I did stop because it was, I took time for them, you know, and I don't want that to be an example that they have of that. It's okay that, you know, once you have kids, you just That's right. stop what you love doing. I want them to see that you are, you can be a mother, but you can also be what you want to be. Like you can also, it's not mutually exclusive. You can be both. Mm. Um, and uh, so that performance for me was actually quite, and, and also because I think I had so many different people from different areas come and tell me. I had a mother who came and said, you know, I identified with your dance because I did that. I had a student who came and told me that, you know, the part where you show that you got injured and you still went on stage, I've had that happen to me. You know, I, somebody said that it's not to do with dancing, but as a singer or as an artist, or, you know, it was just a, such a simple story but it connected mm. with so many people and that made me feel so good that, you know, and I was very wary about doing it because like I said, my baby was four months old. I didn't know 
I mean, I know I never look, I did not look my best on that stage, but I don't think anybody noticed or realized because of how the story made them feel. Mm-hmm. So that is also is a very memorable performance. I think more, sorry, excuse me, more than what I felt, I think yeah. more than how it made other people feel. And the fact that they felt so strongly about it that they had to come and tell me. Mm. You know, they were like, we were crying when we saw it because I, I literally saw myself in that. And it was not that they were dancers or mothers. Right. It was just any field. So I think that that probably that one is quite a big, uh, my last, and in fact, it's been the last time I was on stage, but um, that was a big, uh, um, that made me feel very good. Hmm. And um, just a side note on that, uh, for the first one, did your pain go away permanently or did it come back after you finished performing? Oh, no, it disappeared. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I think it's the power of like positive energy or something. I don't know what it was, but it just went. Never yeah. happened. If it works, it yeah. works. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you for sharing both of those. And I do think there's some lots of very interesting things to take from there, especially the second one about being persistent and, you know, how you know, human experience is shared ultimately, even if you're different. Yeah. And uh, I think the beauty of dance is that it's, it's very human. Hmm. You can't make it into something, you know, you have to keep it human because when it's human, you know, hmm. people will connect to you so easy. You're asking me, what can you do to, you know, um, to be less inhibited? Hmm. Just be hmm. as human as possible because being a human being, we're all flawed. We all have our, you know, quirks. Bring it into it because that's going to make you stand out. Because if you do Mm. something that everybody else has done, then you're you're like a sardine in a box and you're just the same as everybody else. Do something that's different and you will stand out. And it doesn't have to be the most amazing or just do something that is not typical. Mm. I like your metaphor for sardine in a box. They all do indeed look the same inside the box. Uh, So on that note, Mansi, everyone... When you learn from someone, you imbibe some of their own qualities and you bring something else of yours in you. So as you say, teach students or the, so you're going to, you're going to take some stuff that Palji gave you and there, there are going to be certain things that you do differently. So for you, Mansiti, what are the things you do differently from Palji when it comes to say teaching or like passing that on or like even expressing yourself in Katha? I think, you know, differently, I don't know, really. I mean, I think it's probably the way we express mm-hmm. maybe different. Okay. But we're actually very similar in the sense that we do come up to, we do come to the same conclusion. Okay. Or we, like, I haven't really taught that much mm-hmm. to be able to say that I'm, you know, I have, this is how I'm different. Right. Um, so because I haven't taught much, I do use her as an example of how, uh, it's done. Yeah. And even like my, 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 I think my ung is very much like Paliji's because I, and also I was with her when she was, you know, also like 23 years now we've been, I've been dancing with Paliji. So a lot of me, a lot of her is there in my physicality and stuff. I think maybe just the, I probably have less of a repertoire in terms of movement vocabulary than she does. I mean, not probably, definitely do. Um, so when I say like, you know, there's something like show radiance, I'll just do like, Oh, something basic. And she'll have like 10 different versions of it. Mm. So I think the way we express, I think again, because she's so much more senior and she's just so much more experienced Mm. and so, and really so much more creative that her vocabulary is so different from mine that, um, it's, I don't think that necessarily that's good that we're so different i like I, I would like to be as but then again like i said she's always given me the freedom to express myself however i want to so i right that part is also um that part is also uh, different but i don't know I, I mean it's quite a difficult question i don't know how to say what's so different about us i think we approach things very similarly mm-hmm. um but that's again because i've spent so much time with her that you kind of like you said take on a lot of the characteristics um but yeah i think maybe just the way we express ourselves i don't really can't really think of anything else that's pretty significant in itself Mansidi. so yeah thanks for sharing that uh yeah. and i guess the next thing i want to ask you is 
Uh, I think that'd be a good time to jump into say your relationship with Paliji and by extension say your how you've learned Kalsak as well because I've spoken to some of the students from Gurukul but like from say the vocational batch and that's one experience when they kind of start in Dubai and in Dubai and kind of graduate from there. You started with her from London, which I have no idea what it was like there. So if I could take you back in time and could you tell us a little bit about what your relationship has been with Paliji over the years and how you've learned Kalsak from her and how that's grown. I'd like to know some little bit about that. You know, when I met her, I was, you know, I had, I'd never done Kathak before. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to learn Kathak. So when I met her in London, right. she was also um, not at the stage as she is now. She was okay. also learning. And I was kind of like, she always laughs and says like, she, Mans has always been my guinea pig. She's always tried things out with me because um, I also, see, the thing is, the difference is that when I came to her, I was already a performing artist. Mm. I'd already been on stage since the age of four, I'd done solos. I'd done my Iron Getrum. I was okay. not, I was not a novice on the stage. So she never okay. had to train me to be on stage. Right. So, uh, which is what happens when, you know, when students have started in Gurukul, that training process starts from a young age and they start getting trained to go on stage. So I came Fair to enough. her pretty much like a ready package. Right. Just the rap was different, which was Bharatnach. I mean, you know, it take, it's taken me years to, because my foundation, and, and I still find myself slipping back into it. But Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. And the thing is, I think she had also done um, Bharatanatyam for a little bit as a child. So mm. she understood the, the, the tough task in front of me. So she was very, even though she was a young teacher, she was a very patient teacher with me. Mm. And she was always very um, loving. She was always very playful with me. So our relationship is, is not just that of a guru shishya. I have that you know, respect for her as my guru. But I also have a friendly relationship with her because, you know, I was there when she had her children. Um, I was there for like their naming ceremony. I was, you know, I've always been in her life in personal moments as well, not just the, the professional mm-hmm. moments. So um, as a student, I, my, my learning was not how it is now, where it's based on a syllabus. My learning was based on, Asha Ajmansi, we're gonna do Tatkar. And so we would literally have like candlelight like a massive candle in the studio and we were doing tatkar around it. And that was like my session. That's it. So she was always, it was always very different. Um, not at all typical to what, you know, I, I could never say that one class was the same as the other. Oh. It was not syllabus based. Like I said, she was working on the syllabus at the time. Oh, so the ISD color thing wasn't a thing then? No. Oh, no. interesting. So I was working, so she was working with them to do the, you know, so I was not, taught in that syllabus format. So I know a little bit from each stage because I was taught based on, not necessarily need, but like I would be taught a performance, mm-hmm. like I would be taught a dance, you know, to put. So even it's very interesting because how the syllabus plays a part in your learning and how my learning, you know, it, how it affects me that, for example, that, you know, we had workshops in uh, summer, <clears throat> excuse me. And during that, you know, she would say, these are the balls. Now, all the students got the balls like this. Right. I was a bit like, what's going on here? Mm. She's like, no, no, I know. I have to teach you the dance because then I know you'll get the balls. So I would learn. So the way I was taught is that I would be taught the dance simultaneously as being taught the balls. Oh. So if, if this was like ta, then I would be saying ta, te. Like oh. I was taught like that. Whereas the students now are being taught ta, te. You say that, you know, you do the parhant, you do the, you know, the tali kali, and then you get taught the movement. Okay. So now, because of that's the way I was trained by Paliji, mm-hmm. that now when I'm in that environment, I just sit there and I just watch everybody learn the bows because I know that I will get it. And incidentally, I always get the movement, the entire thing first. <laughs> before anybody else. So they'll start off, obviously, before I have in the sense that they'll know the words, they'll know the bows, they'll know the, you know, the tal yeah. and all that. And then they learn the movement. But because I will do everything in one go, by the end of it, I've already finished it. And they're just getting to the stage of. So I put the movement first and then the bowls on the movement. So once I know the movement, the bowls come to me like this. Well, so that's the difference in my teaching. So it, the way I was taught. So it's um, it's different. It's not, you know, it's you, we all learn at the end, whatever it is being taught to us. Just the way we learn is different now. Hmm. But going back to London, she was, um, like I said, she was, she was very, 
what I loved about Paliji, and I still do, is that she's always been very forward thinking. She's never been somebody, even though herself, she's very, you know, traditional and rooted to the technique. Yeah. She still, you know, she always says that your roots have to be really solid. Mm. Then the branches can fly where and go where, grow wherever they want to grow, but the roots mm. need to be solid. So her roots have always been strong. And so she's, so that's what's given her the ability to be so creative and forward thinking because no matter how you, you, you know, and that's why I think as her students that we have this luxury of being able to be as creative as we want to be because mm. she's always been forward thinking as a, as a, even, even from London days, it was, we did shows which, and stories which still nobody has done you mm. know so it's, it's she did pieces for me choreographies on me that even now like when I was talking to one of the other students she's like oh my god wow how did you do that or how would you you know like just just That's concepts which uh, like like I said I was you know it was it was a great learning process for me and creative process and I feel a little sad about the fact that because that environment doesn't exist now. Like, you know, we have teachers, we have a syllabus. Yeah, the, solid, the, the solidity of the, the learning is there. Like, this, you know, you're, like I see my kids, like they speak in the language of Kathak. Like they'll talk to me about, mommy, you have to do this in Vilambit and mommy, you have to do this in Madhya. Or mommy, you know, this isn't, but like they'll talk to me like that. Right. Oh, mommy, can you please show me how to do, you know, Sundari Gira. Like they'll use terms that I know what they mean. Uh-huh. But I never, when I was learning it, it was never the vocabulary that you, you know, it was just like a connect movement here because I was coming from a different background. So I didn't understand. It took me time to get to the, the vocabulary. Okay. Um, but the relationship that I have with Paniji mm-hmm. and the relationship that she has with me, mm-hmm. I don't see my children sadly having that relationship because because it's a syllabus, it's like school. Each year mm. you have a new teacher. So you don't make that. Whereas here, she yeah. has been my teacher for the last 23 years. Right. I've had another teacher in 23 years to teach me anything. Maybe here and there I learn like, you know, just technique part or something like that. But oh. core learning for me has always been Paliji. Mm. So I just, you know, my relationship with her touch wood has been very based on respect, based on love. We have our own language because of the amount of work we've done together. We'll just throw a word in and we both get, we can reference a movement based on a word. Hmm. Because it's, that's our vocabulary. Okay. The other students, maybe now a few of the vocational students do have with her. Yeah. But, um, but like even just looking at her, sometimes something will happen and I'll just look at her and we'll just look at each other and we've exactly understood what is happening and what we have to do and okay. like if I need to step back from a moment she'll be like just like an eye lift slightly and I'll pick it up and I, because I, I know her so well and she knows me so well that mm. we can read each other's body language as well understood thanks for, well, thanks for sharing all of that I'm just kind of processing what you talked about in terms of how you learn differently versus how students learn differently now and that brings me to my next question as well, Mansidi, where Paliji asks, dancers of today, what do you see as their strengths and weaknesses, if any? You know, the strengths, like I said, they're very solid as dancers. Yes. They have, they're phenomenal as dancers. Mm. Um, I think, I don't, like, I, I just, I see a lot of strength in these girls because they're very creative. They're always challenging. They're always trying to push the envelope and be better and come up with a story that's a lot more engaging, a lot more, you know, current. Yeah. Uh, again, because Paliji always said that, you know, whatever you present, make sure that in 10 years, when you watch that, you actually know mm. why that performance is done. Like, don't make it something, yeah, we have mm. space for the traditional stories and the mythology, mythological stories. Yeah. But make something that's current and, you know, that it represents today's world. So they're very aware of that and they're always doing things to bring awareness to such topics and situations which in the past have not been you know necessarily would have been done on the stage you know mm. they'll somebody's done something on um physical abuse somebody's done something on you know uh, mental uh, um, health yep. you know there's been different different and they're always you know pushing the envelope so i think that's amazing about them that they're not scared but the one thing I just feel that I see of dancers today, and I don't think it's necessarily their fault. I think it's no. they're just a product of the 
generation where they're too caught up in likes and dislikes fair enough and you know social media and posting and how many people have liked them and mm-hmm. uh do, you know acknowledgement they need constant validation mm-hmm. um and and I, it's not just with dance i see that with a lot of areas mm. um and not just dance students i see this with a lot of other students that i think they're just too caught up in this rat race of okay. you know i have to put my piece out there before anybody else because Uh, and i'm not talking about it specifically with gurukul i ju- i just i just feel this with a lot of young dancers today That's who right. i who i will watch on instagram mm. or you know on facebook or whatever other social media right. platforms cropped up in the last 24 hours i don't know mm. but there's always there's always this need of being validated mm. and if they're not validated it's almost like they've not done a good job mm. I, i don't remember being you know praised all the time and i always paliji always told me that you know the moment i tell you that you've done a fantastic job i've lost interest mm-hmm. so the validation to always be praised is is kind of counterproductive because you want the praise but her praise not her necessarily but just anybody praising you means that you've done you've reached like if and she always paliji always says this to me that like you know i will always say good things but i will always have a um a note Hmm. Not a criticism, a creative note. Makes sense for you. Hmm. And that, if the day I stop giving you those creative feedback, yeah, then it means that I don't. So I, you know, so a lot of these girls, I, I need them to understand that you don't have to be. You're amazing dancers. You're you're creative. You are you know strong. You you have voices. Don't hmm. be worried about who is hearing it. It is going to get heard. Okay. you know so i for me i find that a little bit of a weakness with that you know always phone and let me just record okay. this and post. don't post just focus on what's being talked to you right now mm-hmm. like you know even when paliji is working sometimes you'll just see these phones out and she like she said just guys just watch right because the thing and and like i have this habit of asking paliji to do something 200 times mhm you show me again because every single time she does it it's done differently Hmm. Now by just watching her, mm-hmm. you have now been able to download in your mind so many different versions of the same choreography. Hmm. But if you're too busy doing this and taking the first shot and then posting it, you've just missed all of that. So just be present, be in the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't post, do it later. There's enough time for that. just be present in the moment just focus on what is being taught because what what you actually learn in between all the teaching gets missed when you're too busy because conversations like when you have conversations with somebody you know there's something that like you'll sit and be like okay this is what you have to learn this is what we're doing da, 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 da. in between mm-hmm. that cycle of learning you're having conversations i will always have conversations with paliji just listen okay and she have conversations with other students and i'll just be listening just to see where she's given them a creative note and i'll be like okay, oh, okay. i'll remember that for myself as well mm. and you you improve and you learn by just listening and you don't do that if you're just too absorbed with making sure that your post has gone out there to the you know before anybody else's does and it's not their fault it's just the nature of the beast that's just the world we live in right now that everybody wants to be out there everybody wants to be um because it's you you want to be original and to do that you have to be the first one so it's i don't blame them i'm not saying that it's their fault i just think they're the product of the environment that we live in right now i just think that if you can do it and just take a moment just take a beat to just listen absorb Hmm. I was absorbing that. So, um, <laughs> uh, so uh, I guess Mansi, the uh, one thing I one thing I want to ask you from here is like about riyas. So, when you do your riyas, when you, I would, I wanted to know what are, what are your rituals. So, what do you like to do when you do your riyas? What does that look like for you? uh to be very honest it's not as often as i would like it to be um because again i'm at home with kids life does take on a different thing but 
my riyas it's funny i'm not necessarily doing technique riyas i'll be doing abhinay riyas if that uh-huh. makes sense okay yeah um where i will be you know i think probably my my husband and my kids probably think there's something wrong with me but i'll be like walking around and i'll be doing funny faces and stuff because right, right, right. sorry i'll be in the car and i'll be you know and on the way to pick the kids up and while i'm waiting i'm like doing some movement or just you know you you i'm constantly thinking of situations and scenarios and how i would express in them hmm. so i mean that's t- honestly that's literally like in any space that i am like in front of the mirror i'll start doing stuff just to see what it looks like to see how impactful it is um because sometimes in my mind i feel like it's so powerful and i see it in the mirror and i'm like oh my god that did not even come across like an ounce so I you need that. to it, it make it bigger you need to you know so things like that it's more you know throughout the day it's not just i have an hour and i'm just going to focus on this it's and especially with abhinay like i said you can find it anywhere in anything like i've gone on walks with paliji and we just started working on some abhinay mm. thing like as in she'll be telling me that look you know for example how yeah. bees will move like bees bees oh causing bees like for example like if we're doing a piece and we're showing a bee Mm-hmm. And, you know like we show the flower and we show the bee hovering around it a little bit like that and then just this 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 movement so just watch the bee and you watch the bee the bee does not follow a set path it goes from here it flits here it goes up so even your expression has to move like where's the bee gone like it's it doesn't follow the track that you think it's going to follow you know so something simple like that and you're like oh, okay actually that's true so when you start doing it mm-hmm. you the other person say oh my god but it's so simple mm. you know um i remember i was working on a piece with one of the students and she was just saying something to do with rain and i looked up and i started fluttering my eyelashes you know and then i'd come back in and the, you know the rain would stop and then the fluttering would stop and she's like i never thought of that i said you know when you go into the rain okay fine not any most people don't go and stand in the rain i said but if you're in the shower and you put water on your face your eyes are not going to stay like this your eyelashes are going to flicker because the water is hitting the eyelashes it is something that every single person in the world does it is not something that only a dancer is every my my two and a half year old does that okay now you just put that in and she's like i immediately knew you were doing rain without me even doing movements or hand gestures or anything that was it so but i learned that because i watched somebody do it Hmm. And then I think I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So when you were in the rain situation or you're in the shower and you just do this, you realize actually we all do that. Hmm. So just, you know, so like when you sing riyas, it's not riyas, it's just everywhere you go, it's it's life. It's you try and like I said you make it as human as possible. Hmm. Yeah. when um, i was just thinking about the rain example i think i think we all used to go out to go out in the rain when phones weren't a thing yeah you, yeah you yeah. had the freedom of just going out into the water or like being shoved into a pool even as kids like, i think even now when it rains my kids love to go run in the rain oh that's nice you know or like if i mean in dubai you don't have that much rain but like when the sprinklers are on they're like running in the sprinklers and so um as kids i think we do we have we don't have inhibitions as children mm. so uh, they actually the best ones to watch our kids because they don't have any inhibition and they'll do a lot of things that we do as as adults mm. um privately like certain expressions and reactions and things like that so so once the uh, coming to like my final question if you have any advice for mothers who are trying to balance the you know their responsibilities of being a mother and trying to keep up with their dance practice as well would like to like i know you and Titan both don't interfere in your child's training if you do that it means you don't trust their teacher then you sh- your child should not be in that environment you don't go into school and start telling the teacher in school how they should be teaching your child you trust the fact that the teacher in school is teaching your child what your child needs to know so you need to extend that same respect to teachers outside of the school environment trust the fact that your te- the teachers know what they're doing for your child as a dancer when my i know there've been times when in the past where i don't know if it is because of me being a dancer that the teacher was a little hesitant to correct my child um oh. because she didn't know whether i would take it nice uh 
and I saw my child suffering. Um, mm. I saw her chakras going in the wrong direction. Oh. Because she was watching the mirror. So the teacher is doing it in front of her, like in the mirror. So she's watching the mirror. So she's doing the opposite of what's being taught to her. And it never got corrected. And at that point, I went and I said to the teacher that, look, I'm not here as a dancer. I'm here as a mother. If my child is not doing something correct, please correct her. Because the only person who's going to suffer in this process is going to be her. I'm not going to interfere. If I see it harming my child, then I will step in. Right. But up until that point, I have full faith in the teachers. Mm. Um, in fact, I have, you know, established a relationship with the teacher, if you can, where, and I, I think this maybe comes back to the fact that I am a dancer. There's a lot of moms who are not dancers, so they don't really know um, what is uh, necessarily correct. Um, but like I know with my kids, I have the luxury of being able to see that where they're, when I'm practicing with them, where their weaknesses are, I don't interfere in that and I don't correct them mm. because the teacher is teaching them, teaches them in a different way that I wouldn't necessarily teach. I don't want to confuse them. So mm-hmm. I will send a note into the teacher saying that, look, her, this part is a little funny. Just have mm. a look at it. Okay. So that's my advantage of me being a dancer that I can Fair see enough. that. Look, her her tatkar is going a little off on this or her ginti is going a bit off on this or some mm. i can you know i can bring it to the teacher's attention right um as a dancing mother please mm-hmm. don't interfere in the uh, training of your child because your child is the one who's going to suffer not you and it's going to frustrate you because mm. your child is not you yeah um frustrate the teacher as a non-dancing mother please trust the teacher mm. because the teacher does and even with me, the teacher does know more about teaching your child than you do. Fair enough. Please trust the process. Like, don't interfere. Don't come in saying that, why is this happening with my child? You know, you got to respect the fact that the teachers know what they're doing. Yeah. And they're not going to harm your child or they're not malicious or vindictive or anything of the sort. I see a lot of moms react that way. It's not the mm. case. You got to give the, the teachers the space to, because if you're constantly interfering, the teacher's going to be like, what's mom's going to come into? What's the right. point? Mom's going to come anyways. So who's suffered in the process? The okay, child. Yeah. Not the teacher, not the mom. Mm. So just as, as mothers of dancers, not even mothers, to be fair, fathers of dancers, because some dads are also very involved. And, in, you know, just please trust the teachers. If your child comes home and says they're unhappy, then mm. you have the space to come into the thing and say, look, and not necessarily talk to the teacher. You can talk to, you know, senior advisors there, but just, you know, Trust the process mm. and respect the teachers. That's that's all I can say. Like I think that's if you can do that, then your child is going to learn and be happy. Hmm. Trust the process, respect the teachers, and your child's gonna be happy. I think that's a great way to end this episode, yeah. Mansidi. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on. I think I really enjoyed your example of the apne with the bees and all your practical tips on staying on track, being consistent in the and and especially the many ways one can be a dancer. I think that was new to me as well. So really appreciate you coming on. No, thank you so much for having me. I hope you got enough uh, good good stuff to be able to use. I know I have a habit of going off topic a lot of times. So I hope you got enough uh, uh, material to use in your. I sure did. I mean, that's the advantage of having an hour long discussion on just Kasak, right? Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. But I just, I just wanted to ask you, like you're doing, um, you're, you're do, learning Kathak or you're trying, like are you doing it online? Do you, are you going to teach here? What are you yeah, doing? So yes, I start, I'm right now I'm doing my Kasak lessons. You stop there.